you'd call it Ring of the Bells. <laughs> Is it really? The original? This. to the spookiest month of all. It's October, and it's Friday the 13th. Watch out! Friday the 13th. Ah! Ah! Oh, there's a new Dead Me single. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Run away. <laughs> but truly, truly um, this is my favorite horror franchise of all time. It's, it's your favorite? Really? Yeah. Really? I, truly. What is wrong with you? I might have lost some respect for your for your need, horror. Well, okay, to be fair, we haven't seen the whole series. So. And I'm gonna I'm gonna discuss it as we delve into this spooktubular month with another spooky cons- almost said it again. Zanzizi, not the other. <laughs> Zanzizi Zanzizi. Zanzizi podcast Zanzizi. with my dear lovely friends as we discuss parts one, two, and three. As it as it is, these first three, I think, are important in the series. You are both new to watching Friday the 13th, or was it always on in the background at like a... Yeah, I feel like it was more or less for me on in the background. I may have seen one of them like, like I don't know, maybe in the 80s or 90s, but I don't recall it. I've seen I've seen the remake of the original. I, I watched that a, a handful of years ago, but I've I've not like gone down the the road of watching the full series. So uh, my wife and I just watched uh, episodes <laughs> one through three. I didn't introduce everyone. We got Swipe Right Mike, we got Sad Dad, and we got. Go ahead. My wife. <laughs> <laughs> my wife. Or Brandy. Anyways. <laughs> Yes. Were you new to this franchise, Brandy? I've seen the first one, never had a want to see any (laughs) other after that. But I will self-admit, I am not a, like, slasher, horror, like, killer in the woods type of... I'm more into the, like, Unless it's real weird. He kills urban people, too. Feels real. Get over here, Terrence Washington. Get over here. Get over here, here, Spud Webb. (laughs) You're going down, Dennis Rodman. Those are urban, right? I don't know. Anyways, I'm white. Movies where it's just how many people can I kill? I'm just not into those type of horror movies. (laughs) Anyway, um, so like legit, literally, 
as a horror fan, I watch all of the series. I watch all of the horror movies, and I the ones that I really like, I'll go back to from time to time. And usually every year, I throw on a Friday the Thirteenth around Halloween. I have my specific favorites, and we'll get to that more as we go and kind of comb through these first three. I can kind of up off the top say part of my love of this franchise is that no other series for me is such a great time capsule of a time. Like you get the 80s, you get 82, you get 84, you get 86. Like the whole decade is there. As soon as you get to like Jason goes to hell, it's like I don't think 90s suits you, Jason. And then when you get to Freddy versus Jason, it's like, okay, we need to stop. Freddy needs to beat your ass. <laughs> Basically. And I love Freddy. And as a kid, I would have said Nightmare on Elm Street. As I got older, it was always really um, Jason. I, I love I'm, Jason. I, I do, I just, too. I have, a th- I have a thing for the strong silent types. I, <laughs> when it comes to the things that I love, it's always been kind of a kiss thing. Keep it simple, stupid. Mm-hmm. If it's just a burling, hunking hunk of a monster coming at me and it, i mean he's kind of a sloth meets gorilla man yeah but he also has teleportation <laughs> yeah he does yep. he, like he, like he's just walking and you're like running away and then the, like the, like the next scene he's like right there in front of so you no matter how fast you run jason walks and he still catches up to you he walks it, like he, he, he may be uh going through portals he could I, be. Who knows? He most likely is. Probably. I think a big part of my... my okay, so again, like I said, time capsule. I love this, the background oh my God. story. Ooh, Jason look at Jason is here with us. Jason, you got you got something to say? That's right, because you don't talk at all. Mm. <laughs> yeah, there it is. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. But realistically, yes, there, there, there's something about it. I love the lore, and I, I can appreciate the what Sean Cunningham did in the beginning. And I can appreciate, you know, seeing a young Kevin Bacon, seeing like... You like that Speedo, don't you? <laughs> it really got you. There were some th- There's some things about this, the franchise that I'll get into. I have issues with, but I, I mean, nobody's perfect. And I think sometimes the best things are like slightly flawed. And mm-hmm. I, I'll be the first to admit there are issues, but I think they're fun issues. I think it's... Friday the 13th as a series as a whole is a perfect mix of bad, good, and fun. You don't have to overthink. You can get stoned, sit down, and watch Jason mercilessly murder horny teens, and it works. Aren't, it's isn't, hilarious. Isn't that the movie mm-hmm. franchise that kind of started the rules of horror movies? Like, if you show it's, your tits, you're definitely dying. <laughs> if you have sex, you're for sure dead. I mean, a if lot of... If you go of, up the stairs instead of outside, you're I, definitely dying. I think a lot of the rhetoric in Scream comes yeah, from the, the blueprint rules. of Friday, Friday the 13th. 13th. Mm-hmm. Sure. But you get no Friday the 13th without John Carpenter's Halloween. Mm. Now, right. figuratively, and I'm going to talk more so off the cuff, in the 70s, in 1970, the three, I will say, the horror world literally flipped upside down when Rest in Peace director William Friedkin released The Exorcist. Not only does that tie in directly with the satanic panic that heads in full bore in the 80s, but people flocked to the theaters. They've passed out. They puked. They went crazy. And then a little film came out a couple years later called The Last House on the Left. The Last Fuck House on the that. Left yeah. was made by Wes Craven. Mm-hmm. Wes Craven was a hungry 
director at the time looking for success. And when that movie came out in, I want to say, 76, 77, it was controversial. And for good reason. Rape was controversial? <laughs> Weird. Here in 77, I've never, we called I've, that... Oh, you never seen it? I've never yeah. heard of it. You've no. never... No, I'm... You should watch it. I feel I feel like it's blasphemous <laughs> because I am becoming... Sub- like, I've over the last year or two, especially, I've become a way bigger horror fan. I was incorrect. It's actually 1972. Oh, wow. So it was before The Exorcist. But yeah, I've I've never heard of it, seen it. I I just saw The Exorcist on my TV. That's part of my haunting story later. There was a really bad remake of it, wasn't there, with... uh of the Exorcist, Exorcist no, Two of um, Last House, House on the Left with uh, I can't remember what the chick's name was. You'll have to look that up for me, but I I want to say a few details about this because this all ties together. At the time, uh, the 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 drive in the country really was not for comedies in the early seventies. There was something about documentary filmmaking or rough things in general we wanted we wanted things to be less comedy more raw and the low budget meeting the kind of i guess kind of snuff film aesthetic of last house on the left was very influential in filmmakers and the exorcist was like the no bullshit horror movie that people didn't know they wanted and some still debate whether they should have watched it because it it left lasting scars in a lot of people uh, so, Hills Have Eyes was also snuffy. It was Wes Craven film as well. But I only mentioned Last Town, the House on the Left because Craven developed the film Last House on the Left with producer Sean S. Cunningham, uh, who is involved directly in Friday the 13th. Wasn't he the director of that movie? Sean S. Cunningham? Uh, he, Friday he direct- the 13th? Yes. Yeah, the very first one anyway he directed. Yes. And maybe like a couple of the later ones. Yes. Yep. Okay. And 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 to be to be completely real, like the two of them were buddies. Like it the they were really into the idea of making like movies, and they were hungry to get out there and make make a profit, especially in a in a rising culture of horror, rabid horror lovers that were foaming at the bit to find like the next scary thing, especially after they watched a little indie movie called Halloween. Mm-hmm. That bursts the slasher genre. Now, Brandy alluded to it. She said, like, I'm not a huge slasher fan. I get that completely. I totally get that. I think that in some ways it doesn't inform properly the culture, the female-male dynamic quite well. It gives off kind of an air of masculine. Oh, 100. I mean, I, I I think that's still movies today, though. I mean, we're getting into more women empowerment, which I think is great. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, like with horror movies. I think back then they were just there to show their boobs and die. Exactly. Well, unfortunately. you're also in the early to mid 70s. You've got the rise of like almost like boutique porn. Like porn was on the rise. They were like considered like art. Like you had people like Andy Warhol who made things like there was this incredible mesh of imagination, especially given the climate post Vietnam. It it all plays a role in where we went next Mm. from the music to the films to everything to and, and people, if you notice, especially music really follows the flow of, of generations too. Mm. But what I love about Friday the 13th is that, Unabashedly, Sean S. Cunningham ran a ran an ad 
basically that said he had no concept for the movie. He just literally was like, I got a name, Friday the 13th. Let's make an ad and say it's the scariest movie ever. We'll pre-sale tickets. It'll be amazing. We'll get the funding we need for the movie. It worked. The name was great. Friday the 13th. People can remember it. Are we unlucky? Are, are, are we going to talk about why the 13th, Friday and the 13th, is uh, um, like surrounded by superstition? We can if you'd like. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, have you, have you, what, what, what's your history with this series? Did you, do you watch a lot of these style? Like, what, what do you feel? Yeah. So I, I, I wasn't a huge fan of like, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, uh, Freddy, I was going to say Freddie Mercury, um, <laughs> uh, Freddie Krueger. I don't know. Like I, I just saw him as more silly more than anything. But uh, Jason, Friday the Thirteenth, I, I was really into that. Uh, and like I was, I was born in 1985. Uh, Same year as Friday Four. So was it? Was final, I born on a Friday? Chapter. No, what? I'm saying. <laughs> no, I'm saying fri- the fourth, the final chapter. Oh, gotcha. For those uh, keeping tabs. Uh, so, like, growing up and having those movies kind of come out and for me to kind of, like, witness a little bit here and there and then actually starting to watch those movies, like, that was probably my first time actually seeing, like, tits. Oh, I messed up. You were Friday Five, The New Beginning, which is a... Still, tits. Um, <laughs> but back to what's hey, important. It's, it's got a great song in it. I'll play well in a minute, but keep going. Were you, uh, you saying anything more? Yeah. Oh, I have to say more things to say, Ryan. You cut me off. I love you. I'm not important. You're very important. <laughs> I want to hear Mike talk about titties. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. titties. What I do you love, think about them? love boobies. Yeah, it's <laughs> big, too. small, whatever. Flat, big, I don't care. Yeah, yeah they're great. Bananas. Bananas. <laughs> uh, not, well, not really bananas. More like, more like melons. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so um, like even like uh like little little christian mikey watching like friday the 13th and then like the killings like i see it now like you watch those movies now like uh like friday the 13th uh one and one through three and it's it's like it's comical it's like Mm -hmm. okay this is cheesy but back then dear god no don't even because don't even the first one came out the same year as the shining and look at the difference we started having this conversation mm-hmm. earlier. I'm sorry, I cannot get over the laziness. Like it's not even a time period mm-hmm. thing. The ending scene of the first one when but Homegirl, now you're comparing Sean S. Cunningham to Stanley Kubrick, quite possibly true. the greatest director of all that time. That is true, but it's not like I'm sorry, it doesn't take the greatest direct one of the greatest <laughs> directors of all time I to understand that if you're gonna do a close up slow motion. Mm-hmm shot of somebody having their head chopped off, yeah. you might want to have the head actually detach at the same side the knife is actually Yeah, hitting. no, I, I hear you. Because it literally goes, hits <laughs> her on the right, and she detaches on the left and flies off, and it well, just I doesn't mean, and make And then you sense. got Biff, the sound guy's knuckles in the shot instead of her hands. <laughs> so you got you know, the like, boomstick <laughs> up, up top. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, I mean, yeah, it was for me at that time, it was gory. I, I, I can't say as a child that I saw a movie and was like, this movie is going to be amazing forever. Like, like I can see those those movies now, like Friday the Thirteenth, and be like, oh, that's just space from clowns or whatever 
Clowns. Killer Clowns from Killer, Outer Space. There, yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. That's just Space, space Clowns. From clowns. <laughs> <laughs> Today is Friday the 13th, and many people, according to an article from The Independent, and many people will be nervously watching the skies for sudden lightning strikes or falling anvils, but where does our superstition surrounding this day known as Parascavidia scotrophobia originate from? Bless you. P-A-R-A-S-K-E-V-I-D-E-K-T-R-I-A phobia. I think the guy that wrote this had a stroke and fell on his keyboard. <laughs> and why is there such apprehension surrounding the number 13? This fear called Triscafidabla, he fell asleep again, is not just of concern to some people a few days of the year. It drives them to avoid using 13 as much as possible. So this is the history. Through folklorists, Though folklorists claim there is no written evidence for the superstition before the 19th century, the date has been long connected to notorious events in history and religion. According to Catholic belief, one of the most significant events in their religion, the crucifixion of Jesus Christ, took place on a Friday the 13th. Jeffrey Chaucer also made reference to the apparent unluckiness of the day recording in his Canterbury Tells that it was bad luck to start a journey on our, or a project on a Friday. One of the most popularized myths attempting to explain the origin of the Friday the 13th superstition stems from events on Friday 13th, October 1307, when hundreds of Knights Templar were arrested and burnt across France. Future episode. This myth caught the public's attention after it was used by Dan Brown, among other historical fiction writers, who had been peddled at who has been peddled endlessly by conspiracy theorists linking the Knights Templar to everything from Freemasonry to the Holy Grail. The origins of this fear of the number 13 could be traced back to the 19th century belief that Judas Iscariot sat in the 13th place at Jesus' table uh-huh. at the Last Supper. Uh-huh. And now some modern-day incarnations of this. Ironically, the superstition of the event may be linked back to an American club that attempted to debunk the superstition surrounding the number 13 and its associated bad luck date. The 13 Club first met on 13 September 1881, a Wednesday, and determined to actively flout any and all established superstitions they knew about. With this in mind, the group of 13 would meet on the 13th of each month, sit 13 to a table, break mirrors, spill salt with abandon, and walk under ladders, all while carefully recording how many members died. Over the years, the group grew to roughly 400 members, including a number of U.S. presidents. Interesting. Mm-hmm. But the group's notoriety just added to the date significance in the public psyche. Um, they even say that uh, the Great Flood, Noah's Flood, was on a Friday. Uh, they also say that, uh, like, Jesus' crucifixion, I believe, was was that a Friday? Um, is that Good Friday? That's what well, they said. Yeah. I don't know if that's when it was or that's just when we, I guess, acknowledge it. Right, right, right. You but, know? like, that's why, like, Friday is, like, deemed to be, like, a bad day. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, yeah. 13, I mean, the it's, it's kind of crazy to think that they kind of kept this going and that this was such a big superstition. Um, over the years, like I said, they grew, grew, the, the group grew. Then in 1907, eccentric stockbroker Thomas Lawson published a book called Friday the 13th. It detailed an evil business attempt to crash the stock market on the unluckiest day of the year. The book was a sellout and in 1916 made into a feature-length film. 
which was probably at a Nickelodeon and it was 10 seconds long and no sound and some clown walked out and honked his nose and walked away. Honk, honk. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> hey, Sammy, put another nickel in the Nickelodeon. That picture's great. Best picture winner, 1916. Uh, finally, <laughs> finally, the myth acquired the first seal of Hollywood in 1980 when Paramount Pictures released Friday the 13th. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> As it turns out, this phobia is mostly something that Americans and English fear because I have heard that too. Like Japanese have a fear of four. Also, uh, 13, you will not find... Uh, you know, it is four. I'm sorry. It's not 13. It's four. Um, you won't find four on a Japanese uh, menu. Mm. Like you'll see like one, two, and then 3.5 and then three, five. That right there. Yeah. What about the Do number? not like a four. <laughs> what about the number 24? Don't apologize. <laughs> anyway, it's interesting. Italians previously used to be far more concerned about Friday the 17th, although with the Americanization of the country, this has largely shifted to 13th for younger generations. But I can understand that with the popularity of a franchise, a horror franchise specifically, mm. kind of running with it. Yeah. But the idea of it being in the subculture really is in, in, interesting, and, and I think that's a great way to market a horror movie, mm -hmm. you know? Go with a superstition. Yeah. Or well, an it's, idea. It's, it's the same way with, uh, I believe, planes don't have 13 rows, right? Mm. Um, and buildings don't have 13 floors. It's, Sometimes they do. Oh, do they? Well, those buildings are haunted, my friend. And you go to the 13th floor and... Red room. You just... You see, like, the little guy on the tricycle from Saw, and he asks you if you want to play a game, and you just got to kick him in you the face. You kick him and say, get over here. Fuck you. <laughs> he goes, hey, mister, this is my bike. It's broke. <laughs> I got little arms. I'm hurt. I want to play a game. Yeah? It's All called right. bounce the little person out of a window. <laughs> um, <laughs> you, my friend, make scary movies not scary, and I love it. It's part of what i do i the problem is i've watched them too much i know i kind of see through them but i love them mm -hmm. yeah i really do have a lot of fun with them so friday the 13th is an american horror franchise that comp comprises 12 slasher films so since this is part one of our series we're doing the first three and in the future we'll do four five six Seven, eight, nine, and the other stuff. Freddy versus Jason. Yeah, we got to talk about it. And the remix. <laughs> which is so disappointed. I'm a little disappointed in it. The remix? I, I, I was one of the nerds who, when I got AOL, I found a spec script for a Freddy versus Jason, and it had Mike Myers, and I was into Ooh, it. Yeah. Really? But the concept now, like, the movie just didn't pay off like I wanted it to. The first box set I ever got was Nightmare on Elm Street. We need... Uh, an Expendables movie, but with like all the horror people. So like, <laughs> so like Chucky. Hey, what's Freddy doing here? <laughs> and yeah, they all just Freddy. go on a killing spree. Yeah. You don't get enough of that on TikTok in October. Yeah, I don't have true. TikTok. Well, and then like Godzilla full, sits on them and they all die. Full yeah. of everything. He's an anti-hero though. Wearing the costumes, <laughs> frolicking together. Oh, Godzilla! I mean, it would be scary. It would be cool, and but I think 
and this is where I I've seen a lot of fan fiction too. I love watching people do the those type of things on like he, she said TikTok. Like yeah. that's fun. Yeah, I'm but, sure it's on YouTube somewhere. But I think you're right. I think they're due. But I think Universal really wants to do a Universal Monsters type Avengers type thing. And I thought they Avengers tried that. horror style. Who they the did? Avengers? They tried that with the Mummy. The Mummy. Yeah, and that was that, a flop. They're they've been working on a werewolf and uh, Frankenstein would Frank be cool. They're trying to do each piece of the book Dracula by Bram Stoker. They had a movie come out called The Last Voyage of the Demeter about the vampire coming across the Atlantic Ocean. That was Jared Leto in. Uh... <laughs> wants to see that i just want to see freddie jason michael all just crocheting and all of them just frolicking down a street killing all the topless 80s feathered haired girls Hell yeah that's that's let's be see, real you sound like a you sound like you're 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 just a a step away from becoming a massive fan of this franchise, and I'm going to convince you secretly. I, I want to see a freddie jason and michael movie where they're all hanging out and like it would be hilarious because Freddy is the only one that talks. Yeah. So like, <laughs> like, ah, what are you guys gonna do? And it's always gonna be Freddy. He look, look at the other two guys. Oh, what are we gonna? Do? Oh, we're gonna kill you. You know, Freddy's yeah. the only one that can answer. Welcome to my world, bitch. Jason just goes. Oh. Michael goes. Oh. Yeah, I, it, uh, it's true. I mean, I, I guess if you want to be specific, there are some grunts from Jason. When but, he gets hit, he's but, like, oh. <laughs> My knees. Well, I'm getting too old for running in the mud. Isn't there a point where his mask gets ripped off and it, and like he has his mouth like stitched? No, up? it doesn't. It in two, the endings or one of the ending scenes where he busts through the window at the end of two, and they have and he has the hair and mm-hmm. the like weird eye. There's actually a different actor than the actor that plays Jason yeah. in the entire. They literally have another dude play. Jason in just that scene where well, he breaks through the window. That's true. But also the first time that you see Jason in the movies is actually a female. Fun fact. Really? Yeah. It's all made up. She's one ugly motherfucker. <laughs> Damn. She's fucking ugly. I'm sorry. I'm she, sorry, chick that wow. plays Jason it, it, the first time they she's didn't, they body didn't see shaming. that it, you don't you don't see you don't see her face. It's actually from the it's from okay. the bottom. It's I'm, when you see his legs walking up to the house in the second one when mm-hmm. Technically, takes his mom's head across country and decides he's going to kill the one that got away. Yeah, that's hard. You know, you need to take some time. There needs to be some separation, no contact for a little while. Mm-hmm. You know, do the work. Just saying. Yeah, just <laughs> the saying. more you know. Yeah. So the franchise is amazing. Gets rolling. We'll just talk about the fictional Jason Voorhees character, Jason Voorhees, who was thought to have. Drowned as a boy at Camp Crystal Lake due to the negligence of the camp staff. Decades later, the lake is rumored to be cursed and is the setting for a series of mass murders. Turned out he could breathe underwater. <laughs> he and was he's alive afraid of water too. Time. You mean to tell me this is a fish boy? We can make millions. <laughs> <It's a> merman. <laughs> camp Crystal Lake. 
The sign's going to be neon. We'll put a casino right in the middle of the lake. Fish the, boy. Fish boy casino. No, what, is the, what is that movie that came out a couple, like a few years ago, uh, The Shape of Water? I love that movie. Aquaman? No. <laughs> Jason Momoa. Aquaman. I hate to admit it. I'm a fish boy. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a fish boy. I don't fuck fish. <laughs> Where do I put it? A gill? They gotta breed that way. Jason, come to no, mommy. I prefer to be called Fish Boy. <laughs> <laughs> you call me Fish Boy now. I I love you, Jason. You know you you the negligence. Fish Boy, <laughs> it's Fish Boy. <laughs> I get it. But anyway, the original film created to cash. Oh, excuse me. Bless me. Um, the original film created to cash in on the success of Halloween 1978 was written by Victor Miller. And was produced and directed by Sean S. Cunningham. Oh, snap. Josh is Oh, here. snap. What? We got another guy. We got another guy. We, wasn't supposed to we got here. another guy coming. And the worst part is I'm not even supposed to be here today. Here, let me move over right. and sh- we can share a mic here. Um, so. Fish boy just arrived. Yeah. <laughs> you guys can. Hi, Jish. My name is Burbank Man. <laughs> Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy. The beard has just entered. The beard is here. Um, So, yeah, we're talking about Friday the 13th. I'm getting into the nitty-gritty. Sean S. Cunningham. Ah! Uh, Don't poke your eye out, kid. Uh, So, we talked about Cunningham and his relation to Wes Craven. The idea came from the idea like, yeah, this is a great idea for a movie. We're going to sell tickets. It's going to be... Gangbusters will say it's the scariest thing since your mom told you that you were adopted. Or something. I don't know. I don't know what this voice is coming from. But anyways, so the films have grossed over $468 million at the box office worldwide. It was Today? the highest... Yeah. Uh, I think as of 2018, actually. But okay. still, they, they rake in. Like, I mean... And that's, um, it was the highest grossing horror franchise in the world until Halloween 2018 was released, putting the Halloween franchise in the top spot. Which, I mean, some people can kind of argue that Halloween is like, that's OG daddy. Yeah. But we like stepdaddy Jason. Yeah. It's like, it's kind of like the same shit. Where does Pennywise fall into your stepdaddiness? Uh, uh, he's like drunk, touchy him. uncle. <laughs> he's yeah, he's, he's touchy the drunk uncle. uncle. <laughs> See, I was more terrified of Pennywise when we were talking about all these old yeah, school too, horror sure. movies. Like Tim Curry in that. Michael, Jason, eh, all I gotta do is not make the stupid decision and run to the like closed in area. <laughs> Whereas, I mean, like, Pennywise, I don't know. That's, he, he creeped me There was right something the to be out. said about Tim Curry's um, performance as well, because I watched the, the newer ones. And, um, I love the first one. Skarsgård. With well, the Skarsgård kid. I love both of them. Was, I thought they were great. I, didn't see the I think the remakes so are amazing, though. They're, yeah, they're they good. Are. Don't get me wrong. But the original... Mm-hmm. That that scarred me, man. Yeah, for sure. It, no, it was it, trauma- it was like a trauma- you, traumatic. It, for sure. I was not a fan of clowns for a really you. long time. <laughs> <laughs> Scars scarred you. So let let's let's be real though. If we're gonna talk about these that scarred us, wh- who is who is your number one horror monster? Like the one that creeped you out the most as a kid. The one that still creeps you out a little bit. The leprechaun. <laughs> 
Okay. Oh my god. Is Wait. it the leprechaun I, goes to the hood, the one that scared you the <laughs> no. most? It was the first, like, the, what, Jana, Jennifer Aniston was in the first one, wasn't that's she? That's true. Um, I was four. <laughs> I was four oh. at the time, and I fell asleep on the couch, and my uncle, it was like middle of the night, my uncle was up, he was watching it, and I happened to wake up, and he didn't know, so he continued watching it, and I was kind of like... Peeking. Peeking out of the blanket, and it just terrified me. Like, I was scared of little people for the longest time. <laughs> you were scared of, of midgets or little people? Or, like, what's the trick, correct term before I get canceled? Little people. Little, little people. Little, okay. little pe- uh, yeah. I, it's good. They made I me really nervous midget. as a kid until I got older and I realized the leprechaun's not real and all that kind of stuff. But um, the like leprechaun, critters, critters got me really bad yeah, too. What did, did you ever see the cover of the movie Ghoulies? Little toilet oh. boy monster. Oh, yeah. Oh, he creeped me out as a kid. I was like, he's going to bite my balls. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to take a shit. He's going to bite my balls. Always checking. I had two. Like, it was... Um, I remember being at my friend's house one time, and they put in a movie called The Vagrant. Interesting. And uh, it was about a homeless guy that killed people. I remember, like, oh, like they opened up the fridge, and he had, like, gotten to somebody's house, and he put, like, somebody's head in a fucking jar, and it was in the fridge, and Dommer scared style. the shit out of me. Oh, pickling it. Um, but then... Um, I, I remember being little and Freddy Five was out, the dream child, and I had seen that and that scared the living shit out of me. It was definitely a Freddy movie that got fucked. me the worst the yeah. first time. Cause I, I saw was, that at a young age and it scarred me for sure. I was like, Jesus, this is this is not good, this Freddy Krug. He yeah. can come in your dreams. Come in your <laughs> dreams? Come in, in your dreams. dreams. I mean, I would too if I <laughs> Uh, I, I think for me was a. I have. I also have two, and that is the dummy from Goosebumps. Interesting. Oh my oh, gosh! No, I get yes. it though. It's yeah. creepy. He was creepy. creepy. Yeah. Did you? Have, what was the other dummy horror movies that came out in like the two uh, thousand? Puppet Master. Was no, no, one? no, not Puppet Master. It came out in like the two thousands. Dead Silence. I think oh, that got that was a good one. Yeah, because the old with the creepy dummy. lady. Yeah, and he, it reminds me of the goose. Yeah. Like it was the old school Goosebumps yeah, dummy in that. Yeah. Uh, and then my second is uh, you wouldn't think of it, but it's the shark from Jaws. Oh yeah. I yeah, mean, that's scary. That still, still to, to that this day, I get into open water. I'm just like, uh, yeah. that it's gonna sc- suck my dick. It's, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that would scare any anybody. It's like, a little worm, but <laughs> big. big People don't understand Jaws. me. I'm Jaws. <laughs> I'm coming out. LGBTQ. Also, a, also a silent protagonist. True, like but, Jason. But a but a testament to to fear in a movie. Really, truly. The ones that I think linger the most can be when you can't see them or you don't know what that like. With, That's in Jaws. Fr- in Jaws. In the, Jaws. In Jaws. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But also with something like Freddy, mm-hmm. something that you can't escape from. You have to sleep. You have to dream. And mm-hmm. sometimes dreams can leave, lead to nightmares. And granted, we will really get in depth with that when we cover Nightmare on Elm Street. I and really Freddy will have his oh, day. Because no, right. I love me some. I think Robert England is a national treasure. He like, is. He is an absolute joy. He pops up in Wishmaster. I love seeing him acting and everything. And I huge and I recommend this to everybody. And Josh, you brought up Let the Right One In. That's easily one of the greatest vampire movies ever. I think I know. we were both in love with that at the same time. But there's a movie called Behind the Mask, uh, The Rise of Leslie Vernon, that has one of the best, like, it is one of the best movies I've ever seen. It's one of the best, it, it's documentary style huh. because it was of the time. 
And there's a guy that plays basically a killer that has a documentary crew following him around, trying to understand him. He's like a, a Jason Mike Myers, Freddie mashup. And Robert England plays the, um, uh, I'm trying to think of the guy. The, who's the guy from Halloween that's like the old-timey detective, psychiatrist? Oh, um... Oh boy, I love the movie so much too. It sounds like you're describing Phantom at the Opera. Oh, the guy that like works with Michael in the uh, yeah, the, he's the, like the asylum or whatever. I can't remember who that is. I've seen the devil. Yeah, he's yeah, had, yeah, yeah. His he's 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 from hell. Um, but basically, it's it's essentially yeah, Robert England is playing is playing that character and. It's really, it really, really works for me, and I highly, highly, highly recommend her. Um, it's Donald Pleasance who is playing um, Doctor Loomis. Loomis, that's right. So Kruger, or I'm sorry, Robert England plays a Doctor Loomis esque behind the mask. Rise of Leslie Vernon, you have been recommended. Anyway, continuing on the Friday the Thirteenth franchise. Frank Manzuko Jr., a producer of the films, also developed the television show Friday the 13th, the series, after Paramount released Jason Lives. The television series was not connected to the franchise by any character or setting, but was created based on the idea of bad luck and curses, which the film series symbolized. While the franchise was owned by Paramount, four films were adapted into novels. Friday the 13th Part 3, adapted by two separate authors. When the franchise was sold to New Line Cinema, Cunningham returned as a producer to oversee two additional films in addition to a crossover film with the character Freddy Krueger. Freddy versus Jason. Very I like that. I don't think it's terrible. I, I, It's fun. I should be less hard on it now because time really does kind of help these things. I will be real and say every time I go back and rewatch these, I have a great time. Like, uh, like when they're stupid, when they're I, fun. When I saw Freddy versus Jason, uh, I like my first time seeing it. I'm like, I was rooting for Jason the entire time. And the end of the movie, like spoiler alert, uh, Jason wins. And I was like, fuck, yeah, yeah, my, my guys got him. And then they came out with, like, it was like, I guess that upset a lot of people. And then they came out with, like, a director's cup bonus. It's like, uh, Freddie actually wins. Yeah, he, yeah, like, comes back or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, so, uh, who knows? And I was like, shut up, Jason wins. He got teleportation. Yeah, Freddie is just, like, sleep paralysis bullshit. Yeah. Jason's got to sleep sometime. Freddie will get him. He does sleep. He, uh, he walks around aimlessly. There was not a bed in that weird little cabin on the grounds. No, but he did Camp have a Crystal stuffed Lake. animal on that al- on that altar. It looked like a little lady's head. Oh yeah, that was not a stuffed animal. It, it was, was his her mom's sweater. head. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It was his. It was his mother's. She's like Jason. Head. Jason. That's his teddy Don't bear. destroy my sweater. <laughs> Leave it on a pedestal. <laughs> so. Although the films were not popular with critics, which is crazy. Weird. It's not. You know, I just don't get it. No, it's, it's yeah. A horror movie? Come on. I know. Friday the 13th is considered one of the most successful media franchises in America, not only for the success of the films, but also because of the extensive merchandising and repeated references to the series and popular culture. The franchise's popularity has generated a fan base who have created their own Friday the 13th films, which there are tons of fan films on YouTube that are fantastic. Probably better than the real ones. Oh. 
I'm gonna get you. At I least think, the head will fly off in I the right think direction. If you here's, I'm gonna say this because we it's we're not covering this film today, but when you start the next three Friday mm-hmm. four, if you get stoned and you don't enjoy it, I will pay the rental fee or whatever it is for you. you like you know, the high. I, you I know will what I, bring which you, one I'm really excited to watch. What? Jason takes Manhattan. Hell yeah! It should have been called Jason takes a boat. And then <laughs> takes a quick 15-minute tour of a side of Manhattan. It, it gives me, takes a shit in Trump Tower. <laughs> it gives me the leprechaun in the hood right. vibes. Jason, Jason kicks radio. <laughs> Best part of the whole franchise. Now, before we get into the plot synopsis and discuss certain details of the first three films, <laughs> off the bat, what was your favorite moment from these first three Friday movies? When they ended. <laughs> Damn. Josh. Truth, truth Kevin Bacon here. in a Speedo. All right. Kevin Bacon in a Speedo. The fucking wheelchair death. <laughs> That's a good no, one. No, no, no. Don't kill me, Jason. Oh, there's an axe coming right at me. <laughs> ah! Down the stairs. <laughs> Backwards. He fucking kills this guy in a wheelchair at the top of a stairway with an axe, and he falls backwards in the wheelchair all the way down the stairs, and it's just, like, so quick. But when I saw that, do you want to know what my reaction was? (laughs) You want to hear what it was? Yes. Yeah. (laughs) I think it's the best death, for sure. Yeah, no. That was your... (laughs) That is... That yes, I I have the giggles then too. In so fact, many. The last time I watched that, I rewound it and laughed again. It, I'm sorry, when you do something that absurd, I give it I give it tons of brownie points. And truthfully, in a sidebar, my other all time favorite horror franchise is the Final Destination series. Ooh, oh, so far, really? Conjuring. Uh, yeah, there. yes, I get that. Well, I still can't. To this day, drive behind a semi that's got some logs on oh, it. I've I learned like, a lesson. I don't I do am. it. I go in the other lane. I speed past them. All right. I want to. Can I just check the audio out on this real quick? Sure. Go this ahead. is the wheelchair death from Friday the Thirteenth Two. <laughs> That's got to be a clip that you post on uh, the I Instagram. Will. Yeah, totally. That is a beautiful thing. I'm, I'm just saying. It's fucking awesome. <laughs> and, and Final Destination series, I'm only mentioning it because of the window pane being dropped on the little boy. I mean. Oh, no. Yeah. It's, he just looks he up just, and it just flattens him. Yeah. So he just switch. looks like he looks like a water balloon that pops. I mean, they literally stuck a cake boy under a shield of glass and just went, record! Which one is it? It's three, where he... Two is the... Oh, three, three is smushes the, the dudes. He oh. smushes the dude's head. Oh, you're and, right. Isn't that in that three? I think you're right. Three, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah where yeah. he squishes one of the guy's heads and is like, I, yeah. And this is... The, the only reason I'm... I also think it's good to bring this up during Friday is that Realistically, when you watch a Friday the 13th movie, you know it's going to be silly. And the two big things that you can count on at a good Halloween party when a Friday movie is playing is tits and unique kills. And the sleeping bag. Oh, dude, that was hilarious. The sleeping bag kill is when we get to that, when we cover that, that is one of the greats. Um, 
So the one thing that always bothered me, there's only one death, we'll say, in the first three movies mm-hmm. that ever bothered me. And that's poor Annie. I agree. We, we discussed Annie that again? Annie is the... She's the sweet girl who's like, I'm going to make food for the little kids in the Oh, camp. she's the first oh, yeah, girl. Yeah, yeah. She's yeah. the first death. First and it's like, one, man, yeah. she, she didn't, like, smoke, you know, uh, marijuana or did coke or have sex she, or do anything. Show her boobs, nothing. Like, yeah, why, why did Annie have to die? She, she did, she did everyone's fair game. She unfortunately ran into Ralph. Was it Re- the guy's who, name Ralph? Who, the- who gave her the drive and had to put her in the front seat of his truck no, no, by Ra- her butt? Wasn't Ralph the old, like, <laughs> creepy guy from the town that, like, ends up in their oh, closet? Yeah, yeah. Don't go down there, kids. It's got a death it's, curse. It's cursed. <laughs> You're yeah. all gonna fucking die. I like him. <laughs> I kind of love that. And he, I mean, he basically creates the old man waggling his finger going, Don't do it, kids. <laughs> and it's like, it kind of stays I, I like that like they're again these are certain beats that all horror movies copied and yeah. seeing them in their inception is kind of fun like but you also get this weird vibe this girl's hitchhiking and she just runs into a, like a random place and is like hey i'm trying to <laughs> and they're like you can ass grass or titties or fucking riding my freeloader if you want baby oh yeah he like says that. something about being her being cute <laughs> yeah and then literally picks her up by her butt cheeks to put her into the front and i'm like well damn That's yeah, I pick she, up anyone. she's perfectly okay with it she's just sitting there smiling yeah away. she's perky and happy she wasn't uncomfortable at all it's like she's just used to it like anytime anybody in her life has helped her into a car it's been a 60 year old man with giant hands on her fucking ass Oh, Here sorry, I, my middle me, finger was up there. Let me fist you up into the car. Here you go. Yeah. <laughs> wow. She's like, oh, thank you, sir. It's like Mario punching a block. Up here. <laughs> 45 minutes of finger blasting. So <laughs> That was more than a finger blast. She was uppercutted up into that truck. She was. <laughs> if you go to move, if you move this dumb truck. Tiger uppercut. <laughs> oh, oh, you should... Oh, God. So essentially, yes, we get to that first kill, but what you immediately recognize, at least in the first movie, is Tom Savini's incredible makeup effects, like gore effects, things like that, between Kevin Bacon's death with the arrow or the whatever through the spear through the throat. Um, It's impressive. And the the initially that first cut across Annie's throat there in the woods, I mean, you can tell, like, it's, there's some realism to it, especially if you've seen a lot of those old-timey movies. And Tom Savini's a war vet. Part of the reason that he made his effects look so realistic is that he saw real death, obviously, in the war. And he, he said if it didn't look like what he saw, he wouldn't put it in a movie. I don't think it looked like what he saw, though, but I understand. <laughs> it hasn't necessarily aged up appropriately. <laughs> effects have gotten better. And like me and Mike and, and uh, the beard here have talked about in the past... If you've seen The Thing, you've really seen practical oh effects. God. Which one, though? The original The, the original. Thing, John Carpenter's. Okay. Mm-hmm. 1982, Kurt Russell. Yeah, not- That's supposed to be like the scariest horror movie ever, isn't it? It's the To me, it's the best horror movie of 100%. all time. I wouldn't say it's scary necessarily, though. Is it suspenseful? Yeah. Very suspenseful. Okay. And like a Hitchcockian level, because it's all a bunch of dudes in Antarctica who are like, somebody's the thing. Who's the thing? But are you the thing? There's yeah. so much horror in it. Like yeah. so, horror so much gore. So much gore. 
So anyway, worried about their friend's disappearances, Alice and Bill investigate. They find the axe in Brenda's bed and the phone's disconnected. Steve returns. The unseen killer stabs him. When the power goes out, Bill goes to check on the generator. This sounds like I'm playing Friday the 13th, the video game. Very underrated game. It is very good. I had so much fun. I'm sad that it's going to be gone forever. There's a game? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You either play as a, a camper or Jason... And the whole goal of the game is either kill Jason or escape, or, or as Jason, kill. Are there tits in the game? Mm, no. Not that well, I, I want to play it then. <laughs> I kept hitting B for boobies Uninstall. and nothing happened. Um, so spoilers are going to abound, obviously, as we talk about this. And the first Friday the 13th had a pretty solid spoiler. That being that... When a middle-aged woman who claims to be a friend of Steve arrives, Mrs. Voorhees, she reveals that her son Jason, Jason, was the young boy, fish boy, who drowned in 1957, and she blames his death on neglect by the counselors because they were having sex instead of supervising him. That's the fucked up thing, because he fucking didn't die. Yeah, he could swim, because he went up to the boat and he pulled that he pulled that girl in, right? Yeah, fish boy um, pulled her right yeah. in. And the thing about it is... Don't have premarital sex, kids. Yes. (laughs) No, I love premarital sex. No, Jason, we're just up here praying. No, we're just praying. Um, But truth be told, when Miss Voorhees reveals it, you don't quite know initially where she's going at. And I remember the first time I watched this... I didn't know that that was the turn. I was like, where's Jason? Jason doesn't show himself the whole movie. That's very Jaws-esque. But then when you finally do realize that the real killer is Mrs. Voorhees Mm -hmm. seeking revenge, even though she already killed the kids, but I guess she just wants to come back because it might happen to another unsuspecting uh, slow boy who wants to take a swim. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody watch my slow boy! Um... so now with the he's like, not moving very fast, we don't have to watch him. Like I, I don't want to, I don't want to dive into this per se. But with the remake, though, the remake was mainly Jason, though it wasn't right. Mrs. Right. Voorhees. I mean, and I was, really liked that movie. It was actually, really good. Yeah. I actually think it's one of the best remakes of them all because the Friday the Thirteenth one, or not, sorry, the Nightmare on Elm Street one, shush, shush. Sh- Shit the bed. I thought it was cool. But, but <laughs> yeah. granted, yeah. The, I think the, the reason that I thought it was cool is because I don't have enough of a recollection of the original first mm. movie. Mm. Um, I think the... But I thought I, the, the Halloween remake was great, too, I thought. I did, too. I think that the original Nightmare on Elm Street versus Friday the 13th, Friday the 13th is the lesser of the two. The Nightmare on El- a Nightmare on Elm Street is a better film overall. Yeah, there are some hokey moments, but sure. overall, the precedent and the scariness of Freddy is ten times worse than Jason. He's way yeah. more yeah. menacing. That first yeah. kill with that girl on the ceiling horrified me as a kid. I was like, "Great, now I'll never sleep again." So they did their job, but. I, I we can always agree to disagree on certain things and I get that, but I, I appreciate your input, especially on um on the newer Nightmare on Elm Street. Might might demand a rewatch. I do love the guy they cast as Freddy in the cause he was the dude who played Rorschach and Watchmen. Yeah. He did Jack really Earl good. Haley. And you know, to be honest though, like I'll <laughs> disclaimer, like I think I've burned out way too many brain cells to really like r- recall both movies. I just recall 
I recall liking the remake after watching it. Like, I think I saw it in the theater. Maybe we went and saw it or something like that when it came out. I don't know. Um, but I remember going like, oh, that was cool. I don't know. So I, I with horror movies, I, I leave some leeway. Regardless of what anyone has to say, making a movie is a miracle unto itself. Oh, for sure. According to everything I've, I've read about the process. Mm-hmm. And... Friday the 13th was a massive success, not only with the twist, but the last sequence of the movie when Alice is floating in the boat. Yeah. And suddenly, out of nowhere... The fish boy comes up and and takes her down. They thought it was so amazing. They make you rewatch it at the beginning of number two. But I... I, and hey, like I said, run times in movies have a certain stipulation to be a full-length film. And in order to pad that runtime, we're going to slow down our... Hey, guys, great movie. Uh, one issue, though, uh, it's a little short. Nah, no problem. We'll just take the last 10 minutes and put it at the first part of the next one. Exactly. Was that Bill Murr? I don't know who it was. <laughs> I like the character. But I will Burr, agree Burr. that it, it's it, it's true. There's There's... There is certain things when with you'll notice runtimes in horror movies, they're pretty cut and dry. They're short. They are, and that's something I love also about horror movies. I didn't start to really appreciate them even as I got until I got older and realized that every Marvel movie was like three hours, and every time I'd end up being like, okay. I need this to get to the point. Are we done yet? Or even artsy films that <laughs> yeah. are like three hours. I love a good 90 minute in and out movie. See, that's she like, said. Exactly. I remember when Titanic came out and everyone made such a big deal about the runtime for that because we were so used to, even in the 90s, they're like a movie only being like an hour and a half. What was yeah, the runtime? Maybe two. three hours. What? Three hours. I don't that was like, that. That, I feel like, I mean, as far as I can remember of being like a teenager. Like, that was probably the first, like, three-hour, like, legit, like, three-hour fucking giant mm-hmm. blockbuster movie that came out that I... I mean, I think Gettysburg was also very long. Um, there were two... I remember there were two VHSs. That was probably, like, four hours or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, but Titanic was on two VHSs. So yeah, it was, was it? Um, Gangs of New York was another one. Mm-hmm. Meet, jo- Meet Joe Black was as well. But I feel like that was legit. Like, Wasn't really Green long. Mile also two? It could have been. I'm looking it up, but I I believe uh, Lord of the Rings: Return of the King the director's cut was like five hours long. Oh, geez. yeah, it was. That's too much. Come on. But the but it. the non-director's cut though was probably about three, right? Probably. Okay. I got an idea, Peter. Let's extend this scene with extra dragon butthole. <laughs> Please. Please. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> the music. <laughs> it's beautiful. Anyway, so. It's an interesting ending, and I think realistically what's fun about it, too, other than having Kevin Bacon, I will say an R.I.P. to the live snake that is murdered on film when you see that in the movie. They did kill a real snake. Yeah. And and for my PETA friends out there, I I, uh, shed a tear because it is something that I almost want to skip every time it comes up when I do watch that movie. But given at the end of the movie they have the big pop out, it made the theater... Go crazy. And especially in 1980, Sean S. Cunningham would go to screenings and watch people freak out and run out of the theater in fear. And that was, I can't imagine as a creator how much joy that would give me, especially to watch them all freak out at the very end. How many takes did it, uh, did they take to uh, kill that snake? Like how many snakes did they go through? Like Milo and Otis, how many like 
dogs and cats that went through with that Listen bear here, fight. bud. You don't want to see the pile of puppies I got in the back. Let's just say that. Yeah. <laughs> used to be two takes, but uh, their heads don't break like they used to. <laughs> it sounds terrible, but it's, I mean, yeah. R.I.P. Milo, 1, 2, 3, 4, and 12. And um, 20. <laughs> so, anyway, Friday 1 is a huge smashing success. It makes... Uh, it's it's made on five hundred and fifty thousand dollars, and its box office is fifty nine point eight. Think about that type of return. Paramount goes green light for two. <laughs> Make another one. Just and, put the first half of the first one in the beginning. Exactly. Just but the big the big the big issue here with this is second that half. making a second one is. Well, the murderer was the mom, and her head got decapitated. So immediately they had to be... I mean, the first thing was what Alice says at the end, which is, oh, it was a dream, or I guess he's still out there. So they were like, shit, well, that's what she says at the end. The camera shows the water, the ripples. Maybe that's bubbles, but maybe it's Jason breathing. There's a great documentary on YouTube. It's about six hours long called Crystal Lake Memories that breaks down this whole process. I highly recommend it. And that's really the main reference other than the Wikipedia. But six hours. Check it out. Can we uh, shorten that down to like um Yeah, we don't need a director's seconds? cut. Six minutes. <laughs> <laughs> but they go through every movie. Yeah. Specifically is, is a reference. I know all these facts based on watching that. I've seen it like three times. It's really interesting. Whoa. I've listened to it too on my headphones like a podcast. But Friday the 13th Part 2 was released May 1st, 1981. It was screenwritered by Ron Kurtz, producer Steve Miner. So Friday the 13th Part 2, as I said, they really leaned into the idea of Jason being the killer. Now... Interestingly enough, a little film called The House That or The Town That Dreaded Sundown featured a killer with a bag on his head. And at the time they didn't know what they wanted to do. Show his face, not show his face. It always seems creepier, especially in a horror movie, for it to be covered. So in this case, they borrowed from that said film, put a sack on his head. I like sack on his head, Jason. It's actually pretty creepy looking in the movie, but also I don't know. It's kind of a fun look. He He's more aggro. And, and actually, you know, we talked about teleporting. One of the rare moments of real fear in the movie, other than the great Harry Man Freddy score, is when you see Jason running in the background at one point up to the cabin where the main character is hiding. I think it's I, I think it's more, uh, it, it leads more to the imagination and curiosity and, and longing to see, like, what is behind the mask. True. So I mean that's how I was. I was like, like when I when I saw him with his mask, be like, what the fuck is behind that shit? Yeah. Like this guy's taking everything. And he's got a dick for a nose. I can tell. A, yeah, <laughs> lies a penis. Hey, dick nose is here. <laughs> how you doing, buddy? <laughs> I gotta blow my nose. <laughs> my nose is running. Um, I'm gonna blow my nose. <laughs> I'm just saying. That's why he's mad, man. He's got blue nose. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> blue nose. So, in the in the movie, you have Amy Still as Ginny. You have John Furry as Paul. Adrian King as Alice. Stu Chamo as Ted Warrington Gillette as Jason. 
Um, Steve Daskowitz is Jason also. So what I basically heard is that the stunt per the actor didn't do stunts and the stunt person filled in a lot. So there's two different Jasons, but there's also the first actual visual of Jason. Like I said, the legs walking is actually a female. So next time you're at trivia night, you say Jason's genderless. So be kind and rewind. Well, you never see his balls, so. And I don't think he th- he's too fond of sex, but, you know, we can get into that more later. Following the success of Friday the 13th in 1980, Paramount Pictures began plans to make a sequel. First acquiring the worldwide distribution rights, Frank Manzuko Sr. stated, We wanted it to be an event where teenagers would flock to the theaters on that Friday night to see the latest episode. The initial ideas for a sequel involved the Friday the 13th title being used for a series of films, released once a year, that would not have direct continuity with one another, but as a separate scary movie in their own right. Kind of like what they did with Halloween 3, where it was like <laughs> a completely different thing. I love that movie, by the way. It's, it's a, so wacky. It's such a goofy film, but high, Season of the Witch, Halloween 3, goofy, fun Definitely recommended during the season. Nothing to do with Michael Myers or the Halloween story whatsoever. Nothing. Just, it's like, what I like about it is it feels like an extended Tales from the Crypt episode. And just as zany. Love the Crypt Keeper. He's fun, too. Anyway, following the success, the green light it. Friday the 13th title being used for a series of film released once a year that would not have direct continuity with one another, but a separate scary movie in their own right. Phil Scudretti, one of three owners of Esquire Theatres, along with Steve Minajian and Bob Barzamian, who produced the original film, insisted that the sequel have Jason Voorhees. They wanted to have one thread. Unfortunately, it ends up being the Jason show. But regardless... The second movie, uh, Pamela's son, Jason Voorhees, even though his appearance in the original film was only meant to be a joke, Steve Miner, associate producer on the first film, believed in the idea that, and would go on to direct the first two sequels after Cunningham opted not to return the director's chair. Miner would use many of the same crew members from the first film while working on the sequels. Cunningham had mixed feelings about the entire the Friday the 13th enterprise that he outlined for film critic and author Stephen Hunter in an interview for a book Hunter wrote on violent films. Hunter stated that Cunningham, quote, wasn't particularly proud of his work on these films, and Cunningham bluntly said that the only thing that seemed to reach a teenage audience at the time involved high levels of gore and graphic violence. Which feels like somebody saying, like, I had fun with the cast and crew, but I'm a little regretful of the subject matter, if that makes any sense. Yes. Adrian King was pursued by an obsessed fan after the success of the original Friday the 13th. She was the one in the original who played Alice. Yeah, she stopped acting because she like mm-hmm. had a stalker. It she was... had a stalker who literally inserted himself into her real life, and she had no idea because she trusted whoever this guy was, but he was obviously a narcissistic psychopath. But, anyway, but then she ended up appearing. Now you're probably going to read that. I think she ended up appearing though in like a later. Well, she appeared in like a fan, like a Jason fan, like fan film. Yeah, and I think maybe like one of the, either like one of the later, later, later movies, or I think I remember reading that um, they're talking about doing like a Jason TV series and having her in a role of some sort. We just right. don't know. They definitely did do uh, something like that, which we I kind of discussed. There was a Friday the Thirteenth TV series. Mm-hmm. Just there's 
the the biggest issue they've had with the Friday the Thirteenth series is too many different hands on too many too many different properties. Like Crystal Lake is owned by somebody, and then Paramount owns character rights, and some character rights are based to certain writers involved with certain series movies. So it, it, they've been having issues rebooting Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah. But I would love a new Friday movie. I've been dying for a Christmas Friday movie. Jason in the snow. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's, he's, he's singing Christmas carols. Yeah. You're <laughs> dead. I, I want to see somebody because they keep remaking like the first movies. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. they, they did Halloween. They did the first Friday. They did the Nightmare on Elm Street thing. Yeah, enough with the remakes. Like I'm I'm cool with the remakes because now you I feel or I feel like people are or directors are capable of like telling a better story. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But I want more than just the one remake. Like I want a franchise remake. Mm. You totally. know what I mean? Ooh, yeah. yeah. Like, give me like four or five movies, but make, actually make them fucking really good. Yeah, and enough with the origin crap too. Like, let's just get past that. And with a cohesive story, because like, yeah, exactly. Like, like more to it. Like, let's look at um, Halloween. You know that that story is so messed up with, you know, you had H2O yeah. uh, Resurrection and stuff and it's like, well, with the newer movies that have come out, it's like, oh, no, no, no. Disregard the other stuff. That didn't happen. And it's like, oh, come on, guys. Yeah, I know. I agree. I, I also, given the fact that TV has gotten so good, I, I always feel like I would love to see them take something in almost like a graphic novel fashion, pe- parcel it out, because Essentially, comics are storyboards for for feature-length directors to use. Mm -hmm. They use it to such great advantage for things like Marvel and DC when it's done right. But they do it. They can they can take these things and and map them out because there are extensive comics for every major horror franchise. You can buy comic. I saw comics the other day for Hellraiser and almost bought it. It was expensive as shit, but I wanted to get it because it was. It was a, a melding of, of my, one of my favorite Clive Barker movies, um, Nightbreed, but it featured the Cenobites in it. So I was like, well, shit, this is a mashup I love. The Cenobites and getting to go to the city of Mo- uh, um, Midian, Clive Barker's crazy story. I'm a huge fan of Hellraiser. That's a future co- future topic. Mm-hmm. Um but anyway, I love them all. They're like my kids, my little spiky, <laughs> weird fish boy kids. I love, I love them all. So, um, continuing on, I want to talk a, a little bit. Like you said, they mentioned the documentary here, and so I want to do that again. Like I said, she was pursued by a fan of the original Friday Thirteenth, purposely wished her role to be as a small, um, and purportedly wished her role to be as small as possible for the second. And as you know, in the beginning of the second one, they do show her. Did you know, though, everything that she says in that scene was improv? Huh. Like her getting on the phone like, Mom, I things are hard. I got to start over. I'm going to be my own bad bitch. Like she didn't have lines? <laughs> no, just kinda like, yeah. just improv. She's like, do what you normally did. You just moved and now you're here. And then hmm. all of a sudden this 
herky jerk gets off a bus and decides to show up unannounced with his mom's head. Shh, to have you in the temple with a screwdriver. Hey, Ma! Which, which, road trip! <laughs> <laughs> okay, fish boy! <laughs> I will say, what's funny, what's interesting about that scene is then the, in the sequence when the, the, the thing goes, the knight goes into her temple or whatever that is, mm-hmm. it was a, obviously it's a stunt tool or whatever, or mm-hmm. knife. And it, it was supposed to retract, and it didn't initially. So she's, like, in pain for a second there when it's pushing, and it won't retract. And she's like, ah, and then it finally retracts. Jeez. It's kind of a funny little thing. It's like, hey, wait a minute. <laughs> Are they really good? Hey, guys, time out. Do you think that when Jason, you know, hopped on the bus, do you think he kept his mom in a glass of milk to preserve her? <laughs> I, I, you I know, think he wrapped her in the sweater. and just. Like, I'm wondering what the people on the bus thought. What do they think when they see him? Funny just, guy. I look, I, I, I'm Most saying it's either that option or he drove a car that he ditched in a ditch somewhere. Both options are hysterical. To think about Jason sitting there smelling like a swamp monster. Driving like a like or, an old uh, like Corolla a Pinto. or something. <laughs> what was he using as a mask at that point? Because in the beginning of two, doesn't he kind of use a bag with yeah. like a hole for one eye yeah. in it for a while. Maybe he did the th- he put it out the sweater on and he's like, I could see through the holes. <laughs> what do you think he listened to as he was driving to... Do you think he tapped his toe when CCR Boys, came on the radio? For sure. I was thinking ABBA. <laughs> Dancing Queen! <laughs> like, he's like singing along with it. <laughs> Just tapping his money. He's, he's like a he's like the biggest Bee Gees fan ever. Not staying alive. <laughs> yeah, he likes to change his lyrics all around to like horror movie I'm stuff. Kill any weird screwdriver. I'm just saying, the road trip music I want to hear. It's the late '70s, early '80s. It would have been interesting, but send me that Spotify. We need to make, we need to like remake those songs. Like Jason single. That's right. With two payments of twenty nine ninety nine, you can get the deluxe edition. Jason sings the hits. Jason's Jason Verhees's first solo album. <laughs> <laughs> Jason Holmes the Hits. I don't know how bites the dust. <laughs> Songs to kill campers too. Volume seven. Songs that kill. It's killing time. <laughs> Hello, darkness, my old friend. <laughs> and I think it's gonna be a wrong, wrong time. <laughs> Rocket <laughs> um, So anyway, Jason arrives. Things happen. Principal photography took place from October 3rd and finished in November 1980 and primarily occurred in New Preston in Kent, Connecticut. So they stayed East Coast. And I think Jason's kind of a Jersey boy anyway, so special effects... <laughs> Special effects artist Tom Savini was asked to work. Snooky's my bitch. <laughs> he takes off his mask and he's got like a douchey, like fucking nine pounds of gel in his nine hair. Nine pounds of gel, slick back haircut. He's Italian. Yeah. He's got some like big diamond earrings and he's like he's like the most beautiful fucking man ever. 
You know these camp counselors can't pay attention to me. I drown it. Tony, did you hear what happened? I drown it. No one's paying attention. No one's paying attention. Let me put on my mask. Hang on. <laughs> Yeah, I like I like all the options. Look, if Paramount Pictures wants to hit us up, we are happy to sit in the the, uh, the writers room. Writers room, but anyways, uh, she was in the opening. She dies. Hence, we are introduced to Jason Voorhees is not just Fish Boy but Sack Boy in this movie, and. <laughs> There's some interesting interesting moments. As we mentioned, as TJ mentioned, I would definitely highlight the wheelchair kill. Unfortunately, though, the actor that played that guy was, um, not that this matters, but... Uh, he wasn't actually handicapped? He actually died while going down the stairs? No. <laughs> he no. actually got handicapped while <laughs> yeah. down the stairs. He, he died in 1995, unfortunately. Oh. He... Um, <laughs> Uh, and and oh true to true 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 to the movie, the girl that w- was hitting on him actually had a, a a behind the scenes crush on him. Turns out he was gay though, but still they were really good friends, and had, she had some good things to say about him on Crystal Lake Memories. There's a great picture of him and Jason um, arm wrestling in between scenes. Just, Look it up. Yeah. But I what I love is that everybody who talks about these films in the documentary says they're all a tight knit group. They all drank together, hung out together. You know, commiserated after the picture was done and had a great time. So I don't know. I love that kind of behind the scenes stuff. It makes it makes it feel more fun when you're watching it to know that like everybody was buddies. But so but, like they weren't like having a dance off because he was handicapped. Right. Right. That was my last handicap joke. Come on, do a wheelie, buddy. <laughs> um, no, he's great. But they're all great. I actually really do like the second one. The second one, I think, is a, is an underrated gem of the series. Mostly because I, I think the first one is kind of like a surprise hit. The second one does its does its job. It doesn't have Tom Savini for the kills, but it it had some new effects. It had some. It has fun. They still, there's still that se- sequence of fun with the movie, and what's not fun about duct taping a fucking dummy to a, a wheelchair and pushing it down some stairs? Exactly. That wasn't a dummy. That was that was real. I was a real boy. Or maybe it was Johnny <laughs> Knoxville's dad. Hi, I'm Johnny Knoxville, and this is <laughs> this is Friday the Thirteenth. This is pushing. Hey, it's me, Johnny Knoxville, and this is pushing Steve O down a hill, and he's in a wheelchair with an axe in his face. <laughs> It was a machete. (laughs) Come on, guys. Nah. (laughs) Um, But anyways, it's it's a fun it's a fun movie. I would recommend it. What is it with these old movies and kids or people in wheelchairs going down? Like I think a Mac and Me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) The kid in the wheelchair. Yeah. And that that little gooby fucking all tummy alien just sits up like. (laughs) <laughs> I think <laughs> I think something bad happened. I love Paul Rudd. Oh God! Was I love... he in Mac and Me? No, no, oh. that's just the clip he would always play to introduce the new movie he was oh. in when he was on oh, Conan. Yeah, was the right. Mac and Me? He always bring the Mac and Me. Yeah, that's yeah. hilarious. I remember that. 
So Paul and Ginny at the very end return to the camp and hear someone outside. Thinking that Jason has followed them, they open the door and only to find Terry's dog, Muffin. Just as they sigh in relief, an unmasked Jason bursts through the window. That whole sequence, she said she was the most scared she's ever been to film in a movie because they had to try to get it right once because the 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 way the effect was and the makeup that the guy had on his face which i think is actually what one of the few times you see jason's face and it's not great not great kind of looks like a mashup between like i don't like a defunct wrestler and sloth (laughs) stick your face in this paper mache and we're just gonna spray paint it green It's like the, the you look like a ninja turtle. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the the cowabunga, the the gum thing Cowabunga from, dog. Uh, uh, Hellraiser. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're uh, a so cross the... between a ninja turtle and the acid guy from RoboCop. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Uh, I love that movie. That Future shit scarred me too, dude. That, yeah. Dude, that was one of the that... first practical effect sequences in a movie that, like, I was like, oh god, that can happen. That fucked me up. <laughs> yeah, that, same. That was traumatic. Same. He's like. And Mom, look, his skin's coming off. <laughs> like when that guy gets hit by that car at the like, oh, yeah, he just explodes. That, yes, that after like a tub, a big fucking thing yeah. of acid explodes on him or whatever Jeez. leaks all over him. Uh, anyway. Be a quick death, but anyway, painful. Fuck. So back in the shack, Pamela's head remains on the altar, but Jason is nowhere to be found. So the movie ends, and she calls out for Paul. That's an ongoing thing in the Friday the 13th series. We don't know what happened in part two to Paul. Mm. Just saying. Something you, if if people who like this franchise and want to reboot and do things and, and, I don't know, hint at other things, I think it would be interesting to add that little, what happened to Paul in part two? Yeah. Could Everyone be something. Knows Paul's dead. Because they do try to attach characters to other characters, and we'll get more into that when we get into the future future parts of this series so friday the 13th part three obviously when this when the second one came out it was a huge huge deal the reception the film was released theatrically on may 1st 1981 bringing in six million its opening weekend or six million four hundred twenty nine thousand its opening weekend keep in mind this is 1981 it played on 1,350 screens and would ultimately gross 21.7 million on a budget of 1.25. Still a huge win. It was the 35th highest grossing film of 1981, facing strong competition from such high profile horror releases as Omen 3, The Final Conflict, The Evil Dead, The Hollowing, My Bloody Valentine, Happy Birthday to Me, Graduation Day, Halloween 2, and The Burning. The Burning was a Tom Savini movie, effects movie. And it's actually pretty pretty good B horror film. Would recommend. The burning sounds like uh, an STD. Yeah, that's definitely a Jersey boy thing. <laughs> My, I got a burning. <laughs> it, it, it burns when I'm peeing. Not it's the scariest movie of the '80s. It's so relatable. And it's. <laughs> <laughs> what year was this again? Uh, this was 1981. Okay, never mind. This, I'm thinking two years later. Sleepaway Camp. Ah, yes. Oh, God. Future yeah. episode. Love that Sleepaway movie. So much. Brandy's never seen Sleepaway Camp. Oh, my God. I'm so, oh, I'm so, en- I'm so envious it's, of you. Oh, yeah, no, me too. <laughs> that, the first viewing of that movie is is a trip. It's magic. It's, it's fun. It's a trip. I don't know. You, also, James Earl Jones' uh, 
Darth Vader's dad is in that movie. He plays one of the chefs. Yeah. Fun fact. The more you know. I've never seen this movie either. Sleepaway Camp? Yeah. Oh, dude, don't look too much. Yeah, be careful. Avoid spoilers. Just watch it. Okay. Yeah. Highly it's, recommend It's it. on so many different platforms. Just don't look up anything so you don't want to spoil the ending. The ending, the ending of Sleepaway Camp is one of the biggest WTF moments. It looked mm-hmm. like this... Uh, they, 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 it looked like the same girl that was on, uh, was it Labyrinth? No, it's David not, though. No. You're thinking Jennifer Conley? No, it's okay. not. Okay. She's, I think her name's like Felicia Ray or Rose or something. She's on, she's online and she does a lot of horror cons. Okay. Super famous from that movie. Okay. Anyways. Felicia let's get into Rose. Felicia Rose. Thank you, Josh. Friday the 13th Part 3 is a 1982 American slasher film directed by Steve Miner, produced by Frank Manzuko Jr. He keeps coming up. He seems really friendly. Like, it seems like this guy really gets in there and he's like, I love this series. I love this crew. Let's go make a movie and have fun and, and scare the kids. You know? In 3D. Exactly. This is the one where they said, uh-huh. I got an idea. What if Jason, his machete comes at you? And like, people are like, Holy shit, what is this, 1950s? 3D sucks. And then they're like, no, we're going to do it. (laughs) It's funny to think that it's been 40-something years, and they still are like, 3D is coming, guys. And it's like, I've seen so many people like buy special TVs with the special glasses, and I'm like, it's never going to take off the way you think it's going to. It's just, there's there's something between... But even that is not as big as they think they think it was going to be. I think there's a simplicity to a movie on a screen with a bucket of popcorn and an audience full of people experiencing it for the first time. And when you have to add one additional step, a.k.a. putting on glasses, and some people get sick from doing that, some people's Mm -hmm. depth perception gets off, I think it honestly has an effect. I will not deny, though, that those special seats that you can get at the theater, that's that's a... Added bonus. Are you saying like I the love ones watching that, like, movies. vibrate and have heaters in them? Yeah. Like, yeah, buddy. I love watching movies. I always will to the day I die. But there is something great about seeing a movie in a theater. Still, True. one of my all-time favorite things to do is go to the movies. I, it's an American tried and true experience. Do it. I saw the Super Mario movie in theaters. That a lot was of the fun. last movie I just saw in theaters. That was good. Amazing. And that was then good. I... We saw it in 3D. Hey! What? Oh, Do you know what some of the f- most fun about seeing that movie, specifically Super Mario was, too, though, is hearing all the kids, like, the joy. Like, real human joy. Like, But I could feel it, too, because I'm mm-hmm. like, I want to see Mario be big on a screen. I saw it by myself, so. <laughs> <laughs> we took our kids. I mean, but They're like, Everybody Mike, uh, you sit in the handicap row. You can't be close to all the kids. <laughs> but that was Whoa. cool because we were seeing things that were from the Mario games we played growing up. Yeah, yeah. true. And the, like just the little things like, oh, what's from Mario 3? Yeah. Uh, I don't know why I became Mickey Mouse, but... Um, <laughs> it's okay. But yeah, that was it was awesome. Hey, oh, Nintendo. That's good. Maybe they'll, they'll, maybe they'll do the Taylor Swift movie in 3D. Interesting. I could see it. Concert. Or VR. Mm-hmm. The eras. What, do you, what yeah. would you rather go experience? Or what would you rather experience? A 3D movie or VR? Because oh. they really toy with the VR a lot. Though. I have never, ever done VR anything in my entire life. Let me get a Jaws Say remake what? in VR. Yeah, I wish. <laughs> that would be sweet. I wish. Games, VR games are cool. Never Even it. though, like, the plank experience of riding up a, an, an elevator to, like, a hundred-story building and you're standing on a plank over a city. Never done it. 
Um, I've seen people do that, and it's funny results. I, I've seen <laughs> I, I've seen videos of that, but I've I've never played VR or watched anything VR. We're gonna have to change that, my friend. I, I did a, a VR haunted house that Eli Roth made. The guy that did uh, does a bunch of. Like did a bunch of great movies, do PT, Hostel, and things like that. <laughs> he did a, a horror movie that was virtual reality, but it was a haunted house that you went through in VR. It was Damn. so cool. Gotta see if we can get that on our uh, Oculus. A lot of fun, and and it, it's it's like you're part of a horror movie, but it's like I live in a haunted house. That's reality. It'll man. just be like another day for you then. Yeah, just you be should, like, oh, this is normal. Just tell the ghosts to buzz off for like an hour so you can be creeped out, and then when they come back, you'd be like, look, guys. I'm already creeped out, so whatever you do, it's gonna be subpar to what I just saw. And then just tell him, tell him to amp it up because also, your I job a, sucks. Yeah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I ate a lot of beans tonight. Eli Roth actually has a new horror movie coming out in a couple weeks called Thanksgiving. Oh, oh that's right, the Pilgrim. She's got yeah. Brandy, Brandy with the hot news. Because I was thinking about um, what was another. I was a really big fan of another Eli Roth movie, um, Cabin Fever. Yes, oh, yeah. that was his. I think oh, his I first. Love that. I was say another uh, Thanksgiving is that the one where movie. The water, like... the water is poisoned in that movie. Yeah. Like yeah. Yep. Oh, I'm thinking that of was Kevin in the Woods. Oh. Ooh. Oh, that's the one with the horror, like all the different monsters yeah. and they, all the different countries like battle each other mm-hmm. to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought she was going to talk about another Thanksgiving horror movie. Like, are we about to talk about Thanksgiving? Because that would be awesome. <laughs> Nice tits, bitch. <laughs> we need, uh, that, you know, going back to the idea of doing like a Marvel themed like horror movie, or not like superhero, but like the Avengers. Yeah, the Avengers. Like you get like four or five of the like big. You got to make it so where they they can all like morph together in like a big like Zord like Power Mar- Rangers, Marvel zombies. <laughs> they That's they true. can all combine and become like a giant fucking like killing machine. Somehow Freddy is the dick. It's like, what the fuck? (laughs) Wolverine claws, because why not? Well, like Jason and like Michael Myers and the Scream guy. Jason and Jason and Jason and Michael would be the two arms, and they'd just be stabbing at each other. (laughs) Arm wrestling. Who who would be the horror the horror Avengers? We'd got Jason, Jason, Michael, Freddy, Pinhead, Pinhead, Chucky, Pennywise. Chucky. Does Ghostface, does he count? I mean, Scream's I would say, a viable franchise. I would say franchise. Ghostface, yeah. Scream, screams, screams, screams big. Yeah, and I think realistically, the Tony Stark is probably Freddy. Oh, yeah. Because he's like the talkative one and he's punny. And yeah, yeah. I mean, are I, you, what I do you guys Tony think? Tony Stark would be like Pinhead. Do you like Freddy funny or, or do you like Dr. him more Strange. serious and scary? I mean, we know that the first um, nightmare is the scariest. True. Mm-hmm. But that's because he wasn't trying to be funny. Right. Whereas later on, you know, when he's doing like the, the fucking Nintendo game arm thing, <laughs> the, it's like, it's just getting goofy as shit now. The power, the power glove. The power glove, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was that? Uh, hey, I beat my high score. Pre-Evil Dead, because like Evil Dead, of course, started off totally trying to be a horror film, right. and then second came out, and it started to lean towards goofy. the campiness, and then they Dead by Dawn, Dead by Dawn. Yeah, they just, Army of Darkness, and just went full on yeah. campy. Well, that's the thing. Like, Freddy Krueger eventually appeared on, like, cereal boxes and, like... <laughs> freddy O's. bitch. He was on, like, Ricky Lake and shit. <laughs> I remember that. 
And it's like, oh, what? Fre- Freddy's more comedic for me. Than- do you appreciate that more, or do you think that it devalues his character? I don't That's- think it devalues him. No, I don't I, think it I, does. I think it add values. Mm-hmm. But I, I love a very serious take on stuff like that, though. So, like, if there was a remake and it was all serious and just, like, totally fucked up and scary, I would love that. If it mm-hmm. didn't have the humor point. But, like, watching those classics when some of the, like, super cheesy, like, humorous stuff comes up, like, yeah, you can't replace that stuff. It's great. Yeah. The Freddy mm-hmm. remake. Mm-hmm. We the talked Nightmare about that. Nightmare yeah. Street. I think, didn't he take more serious? I Jack can't remember. I, I saw that once and didn't... I it, didn't make it did, Didn't that actor try to take a more serious they did. approach the, the to Freddy? The problem for me is the original Nightmare on Elm Streets are so practical effects, mm-hmm. like, the, like the Friday the 13th. Mm-hmm. So the tw- I think it's a 2010 Nightmare on Elm Street had a lot of CG in it. And mm-hmm. that immediately turned me off. Yeah, because mm-hmm. it's like, I if you want to go serious, I'll I'll go there. But there's certain accoutrements to the movie that I need to see. Like I need to see practical effects. I need to if you're gonna up it, do what the originals did, but like raise the value of the get nothing, those right. effects. Nothing beats back. Johnny Depp being sucked into a bed and then just <laughs> talk about a wet dream, bitch. <laughs> gusher of blood coming well it's out. like you mentioned the the ceiling kill yeah that's that's imprinted in all of our brains like that's it's so good mm-hmm. and freaky it mm-hmm. is scary and it's again it defies laws of gravity because it's a dream so it immediately fucks with your head like is she, if she's in happen. a dream what what is what could you do and i, I love that that we have to save for the episode that will come out because yes. Nightmare is going to get its due. Because I do want to dive into like sleep paralysis with that as well because totally. I am someone that deals with that and that's hey. not fun. No, we got to go into Halloween at some point too. Oh, for real because that's that's my bread and butter. Yeah. Turns out I love horror movies and we're surrounded with horror movie lovers. <laughs> yeah. So what a coinkadink! Yeah, let's just do it all. Evil Dead. Let's Evil get it dead. all done. We're a horror podcast now. <laughs> hey, we're talking we... about wars. <laughs> like all wars. Nice tits, bitch. Uh, all right. So original storyline was supposed to focus on post-traumatic Ginny who began learning self-defense and returned to college after surviving horror deal in the previous second film. After finding Paul's corpse inside her dormitory, she prepares to track down Voorhees and face him in a final confrontation. However, this concept was abandoned when Amy Steele declined to reprise her role, which she shouldn't have done. And she says that in the documentary. She says, I should have stuck to it. We had so much fun. It would have been great to see the cast and crew again. And it would have been a focus on her. She would have made her so much bigger. And I think Ginny is probably one of my favorite final girls in a Friday movie. I like her. She's sarcastic. She's quick on the go. And she's a final girl. Who, who doesn't love a final girl? I don't like final girl because that means I marry her and I can't have fun with any other girls. Oh, boy. <laughs> Save that for your therapist, buddy. <laughs> I love you. Just kidding. But yeah, that's a good take, I guess. Friday the 13th Part 3 was theatrically released in 3D and is the only film in the series to be released in that format. The film was intended to end the series as a trilogy. However, unlike many of its successors, the film did not include a moniker in its title to indicate it as such. The film was theatrically released on August 13th, 1982. Ryan was officially 10 days old. Grossing $36.7 million at the U.S. box office, the biggest gross of any movie on opening weekend, on a budget of $2.2 million and received 
I guess the critics didn't like it again. It was the first film to remove E.T. the extraterrestrial from the number one box office spot and became the second highest grossing horror film of 1982 behind Poltergeist. E.T. phone home. So it was also the first appearance of Jason's signature hockey mask. Indeed. Yes. Who he gets from the series' most argued about characters. <laughs> um, we're going to get into these characters, too. So basically, you've got Shelly, played by Larry Zerner. He's the guy who doesn't fit in, who the only way he knows how to fit in is to creep people out and do silly pranks. Hey, that's us! <laughs> I, he's, uh, he is an American lawyer and actor who appeared in the 1982 horror film Friday the 13th Part 3 as Shelley Finkelstein, the original owner of the infamous hockey mask, which became Jason Voorhees' trademark. He later reprised the role in the 2017 video game Friday the 13th. I have nothing but love for Larry Zerner because I immediately know his character. I know a lot of people who used humor to try to break the ice. Unfortunately, the script is typical. Most of the characters in part three are just kind of your signature. I don't know. I personally think Friday the 13th is the precursors of things like The Breakfast Club, introducing stereotypes mm. into the films. Horror is always on the precipice to me. The thing about these types of movies, especially, you know, 80s, um, right from the get-go, you can tell who's going to die. Of course. Like, you, you know... Okay, there's gonna be a sex scene with these two because the you know, the guy and the girl they're the most attractive of the friend group, uh, so you know they're gonna die. Um, the the black guy is probably gonna die. I was gonna say that, and I said, you know what, Mike, just sit this one out. <laughs> and then well, you said it. Unfortunately, it's true though. It, it that's, is. It became it a true. thing because yeah. that's what happened in those movies, and you know, there's always gonna be some goth person. They're gonna die, mm -hmm. and it's always the sweet, but kind of like, like, oh, there's something wrong with me, kind of uh, girl. The virgin survives. Yeah, mm -hmm. well, sometimes they're uh, they're a virgin, but then they like will maybe start to have sex, but then mm -hmm. the boyfriend dies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But still a virgin. Yeah, there was no penetration. Yeah. Just, um, just handies. Yeah, I agree totally. Can you email me that link, the Dropbox link to my email? Yes. Okay. Just wanted to make that note before the episode's over. Um, Ryan Thomas Harrig at gmail.com. Now right. everyone can email you. Yeah, don't do it. Email him. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Send me your favorite fish, boy. Um, so anyway, yes, they're, they're ostensibly this is a big, big win for Paramount. And it, it, it again, it's in 3D, so it has that... It has that gimmick going for it, and people are drawn into it. Initially, one of the earlier drafts for Part 3 was, like you said, Ginny was the main character. Screenwriter Ron Kurtz, who had written Part 2, was offered a draft to draft a screenplay, but also turned the project down. Husband and wife screenwriting duo Martin Kistrasser and Carol Watson instead were hired to write the screenplay for Part 3, completing the first draft. Paramount subsequently brought in Petro Popusco, 
to alter the screenplay and make it more sinister and menacing. Though the final film version of the script contains significant contributions from Papusco, he remained uncredited. The script for part three called for Jason to wear a mask to cover his face. Having worn a bag over his head in part two, this mask would become a trademark for the character and one instantly recognizable in pop culture in the years to come. What do we think of the hockey mask? Love it. I do too. Yep, love love it. it. Yeah. It's, it's immediately recognizable. And I'll tell you what, anytime I'm at a hockey game or anytime I see somebody wearing one, I immediately kind of smile. Yeah. Because sure. I'm like, there's my fish boy. <laughs> fish boy. I texted you the link. Is that cool? Yeah, totally. Okay. Um, so anyway, there's there's a lot there's a lot of really like I would say this one gets the silliest kill of all time. Especially when it comes to dude getting his head and his eyeball popped out mm-hmm. a certain sequence. Um that sequence in the movie, uh there there's the eyeball popping out. There's the, the machete to the crotch. Yep, machete to the crotch. Dude yeah. gets split in half. Mm-hmm. Jason's like, You wanna get fucked? <laughs> Here's Ragu. Hey, you wanna hey, let me grab my mask. <clears throat> oh lord so anyway i i really really appreciate this movie uh overall it also i i didn't mention it the the second one one of the kills she mentions that she's um she gets tied to the fourth one later on as the sister to the a guy that's looking for her but the 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 third the third one has the 3D gimmick going for it. We talked about the yo-yos. There's some definite things when you're watching the movie you can tell that that was intentionally made to be in 3D. But the 3D was painful to do because at the time it was like nobody fought. You're gonna you're gonna knock the 3D camera over. <laughs> Everybody say your lines. Walk exactly where you need to. It had to be rehearsed because it was expensive. But I think it paid off, ultimately. <laughs> Sorry, uh, uh, J- Josh and I were watching a, a kill clip. Um, it was the spear gun clip. <laughs> oh, the girl it that gets shot like, in the eye. Casually, kind of like, bored, like so bored, walks away. Oh, just boom, 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 Hey, man. You know, I get it. They... I like that. What was that? I was was making sure my phone was set up. That was a special teaser for the future. But anyway, um, so, okay, yes, the kills are fun. They're interesting. Um, they're, they're always, they're always going above and beyond with these movies to just shock. It's titil, it's the titillation meets the shock factor. It's, it, it's memorable. Everybody likes a good set, and everybody likes to be like, oh, my God, and squirm. So, regardless, the um, the the filming, Georgetown Productions, who had produced the previous two installments in the Friday the 13th series, was initially involved in the pre-production of Part 3, agreeing with distributor Paramount Pictures to shoot the film with 3D cameras, making it the first Paramount film produced in 3D since Javario. You were right, B, when we were watching this. She was like, they filmed this for 3D. I can totally tell by the camera shots. Mm-hmm. Was I, the f- I, I wasn't sure if I believed it or not. It was the first scene. He's like picking up the post for the tent. Mm-hmm. And they do that 
very obvious, like, let's yeah. look at the end of the pole, and it, like, stops and pauses for a good couple seconds. Mm-hmm. I'm like, is this, is was this meant to be 3D? And then the next scene was, an, I'm like, if we see another blatant, like, stick type of thing in your face is definitely 3d because uh, neither yeah. of us knew and then sure yeah. enough the next scene was something again looked like the shovel could be like popping out of the screen <laughs> oh i hate f- labor <laughs> <laughs> i'm so terrified i see i my brain went a different direction here again you, you're talking about labor i was like wait was there a Woman giving birth in this movie in 3D? Oh, <laughs> and I, she's crowning. I, I do she's hate crowning. <laughs> birth is terrifying, spooky, pain, suffering. I mean, 12 I hours. <laughs> you all the birth of life. <laughs> 18 years of raising them. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Child support. Wait, I'm a divorced dad. Uh, Jason's original hockey mask was molded from a 1950s Detroit Red Wings hockey mask and would become a staple for the character for the rest of the series. Hell yeah. Detroit! Detroit! <laughs> That's, so That's nice. We get it. We get it. Oh, wait, no. Wrong button. Oh, no. 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 That's Jason's entrance. Uh-huh. Ooh, Only because we were talking about it earlier. They, are la- they launched today... A Goosebumps series on Hulu and Disney Plus. Yeah, the also, trailer's awesome. The trailer, yeah, it like touched on a lot of the classic books. Also, nice. yeah, it looked creepy. Uh, Fall of House of Usher came out. Yesterday. Yes, I was yes. waiting for you to say that. Yes, us Flanagan heads who love Fact. Haunting of Hill House, Bly Manor, uh, Midnight Mass. I kind of want to watch the Fall first House episode. Hush, tonight. Gerald's Game, all of his and movies. It's getting rave reviews. Yeah. Everybody I know really? is saying it's. Fantastic. Uh, we need to watch it. I want to watch it tonight. I know it's late. Uh, <laughs> or we can wait till tomorrow. I'm oh. old. I'm old. It's almost I'm 10. Old. I'm saying I'm old and I'm literally the youngest one at this table. Now, as we started this whole series, part one through part three off, we started with Harry Man Freddy's disco-inspired theme. The disco theme was included in the film co-written by Manfredi and Michael Zagger, who, cr- who shared a credit with a fictional band called Hot Ice. The theme was included on release of the film's soundtrack, and according to Manfredi, became popular at disco and gay clubs at the time. Upon the release of the third film in 1982, Gramavision Records released an LP, LP album of selected pieces of Manfredi's scores from the first three Friday the 13th films. On January 13, 2012, La La Land Records released a limited edition six-CD box set containing Manfredi's scores from the first six films. It sold out in less than 24 hours. Damn. Wow. Orc fans are legit, and it is my dream, my dream. Absolute dream horror filmmakers out there to work on the soundtrack or be an extra in the back or get killed on screen. Shout out zanzizipodcast at gmail.com. Happy to help. We'll yeah. die for you. Uh, I, I, I would say that collectively like that. we would all probably love to do something like that. Uh, That'd be of course. Amazing. Hit us up. Let us know. We love the spooky scaries. So. Continuing on, the release, Friday the 13th Part 3 was released theatrically in the U.S. on Friday, August 13th, 1982. It was the first ever 3D film to receive a wide domestic release, opening on 1,079 screens. Of these screens, 813 were 3D capable, while the remainder consisted of drive-in theaters, which were unable to accommodate the format. 
kind of miss drive-ins. There's one in Muskegon, right? It's yeah. yeah, it's sweet. Getty. We we take the kids there usually in the summertime. You're hit or miss on it though, Josh. You saw um, a little. When we went there, it was. I mean, I should have expected it, but it was like it was like really dirty when we were there. Like there was garbage everywhere. Oh, really? Yeah, well, so it was kind of a bad experience. It's in, in the way. hood, for one. Yeah. And two, they have not put any money, which is kind of surprising, given that it's always depending on the movies that are playing or what's you know out in theaters at the time. Mm-hmm. It gets. Packed. Yeah, it was just it was crazy busy when we went. That celebration does not put any because that's owned by Celebration Cinema. It's it's part of the celebration. Yeah, you'd think they would put some money, money into, into it, it like it, keep it clean, maybe update the screens, and projectors, and stuff. Because that was the other thing, like where we were sitting, because we saw, gosh, it was the Angry Birds movie, <laughs> and um, I don't know, it was just kind of. It was kind of rough and just like everywhere I looked, I'm like, man, there's garbage everywhere. And the sound, like we had this, the speaker, the sound was like really bad. And I think now you can just tune your like radio in your car. Like you don't have to use those speakers. Oh, okay. I don't even know if they, if they have those anymore. Mm-mm, I don't think they did the last time that we know. went. Regardless, yeah. the movie played in drive-ins in the 80s. It's uh, The 3D version of the film was eventually released on DVD by Paramount in February 2009 and included two pairs of cyan and red 3D glasses. In June of that year, a deluxe edition, Blu-ray edition, which includes both 2D and 3D versions, was released also with two pairs of cyan and red 3D glasses designed to look like Jason's mask. Oh, I need to get my hands on those. There's a Friday the 13th Blu-ray set complete collection released in 2013 Friday the 13th 8 movie collection in 2018 and Friday the 13th deluxe edition in 2020 these things just make money you know and they won't stop can't stop won't stop franchises horror wise they just people love them Um, the reception critics were like Oscar winning greatest film Academy Awards across the board no it was it was the same it placed number 21 on the list of the top grossing films of 1982, facing strong competition again from high-profile profile horror release such as Poltergeist, Creepshow, The Thing, Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, The Slumber Party Massacre, X-Ray, Visiting Hours, Amityville 2, The Possession. That's a creepy one. Mm-hmm. The Beast Within, Cat People, and Venom. Cat People. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's man. just a bunch of people going... Oh! <laughs> 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 Just batting your <laughs> soda cans off a table. God damn it, kitty. <laughs> Running around don't, showing don't you your butthole it. and <laughs> knocking off cups. I can't stand these cats, people. <laughs> they just show their buttholes and scratch my furniture. It's insane. Uh, <laughs> put your butthole away, kitty. Uh, <laughs> They criticized the plot for being derivative. Um, Film credit Janet Maslin praised the acting of Kimmel, Savage, Rogers, and Parks, in which she called a major improvement to the acting in the predecessors, and wrote that Miner's use of 3D filmmaking was innovative and the most professional effort when compared to other films released at the time, stating, quote, As in each of the other recent 3D movies, of which this is easily the most professional, there is a lot of time devoted to trying out the gimmick. Titles loom towards you, yo-yos spin, popcorn bounces, snakes dart toward the camera and strike. Eventually, the novelty wears off, and what remains is the now familiar spectacle of nice, dumb kids being lopped, chopped, and perforated. 
I love it. Lob chopped I will say that's the next single from Cannibal Corpse. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, Lob chopped and perforated the new single uh, by 45 minutes of finger blasting. Just saying. <laughs> Oh, boy. The Entertainment Trade Magazine Variety provided a general consensus stating Friday the 13th was dreadful and took in more than $17 million. Friday the 13th Part 2 was just as bad and took in more than $10 million. Friday the 13th Part 3 is terrible, too. <laughs> Good. So, so, so real quick. Um, Siskel and Eber also were never fans, and they said this, per, this perpetuated a male violence on female overly slasher genre they did not appreciate but just saying i can agree and disagree with them Mm -hmm. and i also really value their opinion because there's sometimes really witty even when i love a movie and they hated it Mm -hmm. what were you gonna say mike oh uh have you has anyone seen uh tucker and dale versus evil great movie great movie Mm -hmm. and it's kind of it made me kind of rethink all horror movies i've Mm -hmm. seen and uh, basically, if you have not seen this movie, go see it. But it's uh, it's like these two guys head out to like cabin in the woods kind of style, and uh, it's it, the basis is like all evil like slasher films. You think like they're the bad guys? They're actually like just do gooder regular Joes, regular Joes that are, are they... caught in horrible situations. Yes, like <laughs> like my not like he's like you could say like uh, Jason is slashing through like the cornfield and so he accidentally like he like slices a guy open he's like oh my god i'm sorry and they're like like, oh you're a monster (laughs) stay away monster man i don't understand you like ma'am you have a fly on your face let me try to get that off for you and he's he's slicing (laughs) at her face it's an interesting (laughs) movie check it out if you have not seen it it's a a laugh it's a it's a a hoot and a holler a hoot and a holler indeed Uh, I Friday Thirteenth Three Part Three has been most noted for its introduction of villain Jason's hockey mask disguise, which was replicated in the following numerous sequels and became an iconic image in American cinema and the horror genre. Film scholar Carol Clover notes that the film has historically been cited as one of the most violent of the series, with a total of fourteen murder sequences. For his appearance in the film, Jason Voorhees was nominated for AFI's Hundred Years, Hundred Heroes and Villains as one of the top fifty villains. Uh, Meslo uh, cites the film's 3D effects as paving the way for late horror films which also used the technique there is a novelization and um, I didn't really discuss the cast I I talked specifically about Shelley because I think I I think he's misunderstood I don't think he's that bad Dana Kimmel as Chris is, is, is interesting she um, is an American actress and model. She is known for her performance as Chris in the Steve Miner direct 3D horror film Friday the 13th Part 3, which debuted at number one at the United States box office. She also starred as a teenage character in the slasher film Sweet 16 and the Western film Lone Wolf McQuaid. On television, Kimmel portrayed Don Marshall in an episode of the soap opera Another World before reprising the role in the first season of the spinoff series Texas. She also... Um, as I as as I mentioned, she does a, quite a bit of prominent roles in um, soap operas, but inevitably she um, I'm almost positive Dana Kimmel becomes a uh, 
a reporter, but I could be wrong. One one of them is prominently a reporter today, if 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 I'm not mistaken. Uh oh, Frog Boy just jumped out of the water. <laughs> frog Boy now. Fish Boy. I was going to say I thought it was Fish Boy. Hey, someday everyone thinks he's teleporting. He's just jumping around. <laughs> In a five minutes, he'll be Eel Boy. I mean, you know, I Carp Boy. <laughs> Carp Boy. <laughs> but either way, um, Musky Boy. Barnacle Boy. Barnacle Boy. Yeah. Sorry, Ryan. What if SpongeBob was an, a horror villain? <laughs> Can we do like? Give me a, a SpongeBob horror movie. I'll totally. But in Seattle Theater. The hash slinging, the slash slinging slasher. Yeah. I mean, that was a that, horror episode. That was a uh-huh. horror episode. Oh, actually, it was Tracy Savage. She's a, she's a journalist as well. Tracy Savage, who was in the movie and played Debbie. Sounds like a porn name. What? Tracy Savage? Kind of does. Any any last name that is Savage it sounds like a porn name. Oh, yeah, I don't know a thing or two about them. People named Savage here. <laughs> Randy Savage. Sad Dad gave you a nice <laughs> <laughs> macho man. <laughs> Slim Jims are great. Just, yeah, my mouth started watering. <laughs> as soon as you hear that voice, I'm just like, mmm, turkey. <laughs> just gleek all over the table. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I don't know what else to say about these first three other than I think they're fun. I recommend them. I would say the best of the three, the one I like the most that I I go back to from time to time is two. Okay. If if you guys had to recommend of the one through three, what would you guys recommend if somebody is dying to watch a Friday movie? If they've never seen any of them? Mm Mm-hmm. The first one. Okay. I mean, mean, the the two is, is not bad. Three is just not... Yeah, I'd say the first one. I I think I'll save you time and say that I wouldn't recommend any of the three. <laughs> However, I would recommend you YouTube the wheelchair death <laughs> or a or like a ten hour repeat of the t- the wheelchair death and just watch that a bunch. Just just watch the uh, just watch the kills. Like look up the kill counts and just watch that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Agreed. <laughs> I guess if you want to, if you want to be hard on it, but if no. you don't like it, I could, I can agree with his sentiment, even though I don't necessarily agree because I love the series. Yeah, the, you know, the thing was for me is that like I didn't watch these as a kid. I don't, rem- I don't think, I don't remember. That nostalgia will do magic, right? For sure. So I don't have that. And the, but the thing was is that you know, growing up, you know, you you see the Jason mask and the Jason character over the years and so many different ways and whatever you know Mm -hmm. so like i always thought his mask was so cool and the concept of this just like big like zombie dude that just can't die just killing everybody i thought was pretty sweet you know so like i was kind of excited to dive into these then i dove in (laughs) 
I wasn't so stoked. <laughs> I was kind of, I was kind of bummed, but I'm kind of looking forward to watching like episode or uh, four, movies. five, and six. Yeah, just to see if like it gets better. I don't know. Well, if we can fit it in before the end, I know we got to do. We got a Haunting of Hill House coming up. Um, if we want to do the part two this month, I'd be happy to do four, Slow-mo five, and six. Into it though. Sorry, Ryan. Were you watching the death scenes? Yes, the wheelchair. Just the wheelchair. Just, like, Slow mo into it and like kind of. Yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> the best part is you could also just change up the the speed. <laughs> the speed. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Anyway. Poor Mark. Yeah. R.I.P. Buddy. <laughs> just that last hand. Because <laughs> that's what they did with Jason's mom at the end of one. Is it's that slow like pan freeze frame slow motion cut thing <laughs> oh lord <laughs> but they're fun i guess it if was you i'm get glad i watched them and have a silly night of horror movie yes. watching i would say it's it's worth checking out but my wife and i laughed a bit together when we watched them hey it's a bonding experience and <laughs> jason brings the kids and the families together and he also tears them apart true literally <laughs> literally if yeah. you be fucking and smoking that devil's lettuce. So keep your dick in your pants, kids. Keep your dick in your pants and your tits in your shirt. Yep. Indeed. But that's been our episode, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. But it wouldn't be a Friday the thirteenth without the specialist of all special announcements. Today, as you're listening to this podcast on Spotify, maybe, or maybe Apple Music, or maybe YouTube. Uh, YouTube music. Huh? Interesting. There is a release by a band called Dead Me. Dead. The future's... Who's dead? Me. Oh, he's dead. I don't know. <laughs> it's me, and I'm dead. <laughs> Jason, Jason got him. Got him. <laughs> he fell down a flight of stairs. Dead Me, Beauty Mark, is out now, and we're about to premiere the song. Before we do, though, I just want to shout out Instagram, ZanzEasy Podcast on Instagram. Email episode suggestions to ZanzEasyPodcast at gmail.com. Join the Discord in the link in the description. We love you guys. Thanks for listening. Do you guys have anything you want to throw out there? What if it's Jason and he's a homosexual and it's suck, suck, suck. <laughs> well, he, he could be a woman then, too. That's true. Wait, he has, he has the legs. He has the legs. Great, sexy legs. He's got legs. <laughs> he knows how to use them. Here is the song, ladies and gentlemen. Enjoy.
This has been a presentation of Beer City Media.